This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290 WNBF Binghamton and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Snow showers today, possibly mixing with rain, high near 38. Snow tonight, low around 27. Mostly cloudy Friday with a chance of snow showers, high near 35. A downtown Binghamton resident has been accused of stealing many valuable items from a Court Street church. Authorities said Randy Ives of Rutherford Street was arrested in connection with a break-in at Holy Trinity Greek Orthodox Church. He has been charged with third-degree burglary. According to Binghamton police detectives, the break-in at the church located at 214 Court Street was reported last Friday. Police officers determined someone had entered the building through a second-floor window. Several religious articles of high value were taken in the burglary. Detectives executed a search warrant at the suspect's residence. They believe all the items stolen from the church have been recovered. A member of the Binghamton Church for decades told WNBF News that there appeared to have been little damage at the building aside from a broken window. A 15-year-old town of Dickinson boy faces felony charges for allegedly stealing a vehicle that slammed into a car and a pickup truck during a police chase in Shenango Bridge. The Broome County Sheriff's Office on Wednesday afternoon released dash cam video showing the high-speed pursuit of a 2017 Kia Sorento. Sheriff Fred Akshar said the vehicle had been left running and unlocked by a resident on Kirkwood Avenue in Port Dickinson last Friday morning. The car was reported stolen around 8.10 a.m. A few minutes later, a sheriff's deputy spotted the Kia at a stoplight at the West Service Road in Shenango Bridge Road. The deputy stopped the car and tried to speak to the driver, but the vehicle sped off. The deputy pursued the Kia for a short time before it smashed into two vehicles at the Matthews Road intersection near the entrance to the Price Chopper supermarket. The investigation indicated the Kia had been traveling 80 to 90 miles per hour before the crash. A 53-year-old man who was driving a car struck by the stolen vehicle was seriously injured. The youth who was operating the stolen Kia was treated at a hospital for minor injuries. The boy has been charged with assault, reckless endangerment, and grand larceny. He was issued an appearance ticket for family court. Last month, Avello Airlines announced a seasonal break for flights from the Greater Binghamton Airport to Orlando, Florida. Flights beginning in April would include the 3rd and 6th, and after that, the only other flights available for the near future from Binghamton to Orlando would include Saturday flights on April 20th and 27th. Avello Airlines noted that they will be working with the Greater Binghamton Airport in timing and scheduled to return the route for midsummer. The airline has now officially announced the return of flights to Orlando. According to representatives of Avello Airlines, flights can now be booked from Binghamton to Orlando beginning June 6th for travel through Labor Day through September 2nd. After taking a break in the month of May, there will be summer scheduled day changes for arrivals and departures for the winter-spring schedule for the Binghamton to Orlando, Florida flights. 
Instead of flights occurring on Wednesdays and Saturdays, flights beginning June 6th through September 2nd will instead occur on Thursdays and Sundays. Departure and return times have also changed for the summer schedule. Nationwide, Avello Airlines flies to 23 states and Puerto Rico. A New York lawsuit claiming National Rifle Association executives wildly misspent millions of dollars of the nonprofit organization's money on lavish parks, perks for themselves, is wrapping up after weeks of contentious testimony. Closing arguments are expected in state Supreme Court in Manhattan on Thursday in the civil case brought by State Attorney General James against the NRA, its former CEO Wayne LaPierre, and three other NRA officials. Jury deliberations are set to follow. LaPierre resigned just days before the trial opened on January 8th. Prosecutors say LaPierre dodged state financial disclosure requirements while treating the NRA as his personal piggy bank. A man convicted for a 2015 killing in western New York has been freed and his indictment has been dismissed solely because he was held at the wrong prison. That's the ruling of a state judge. The Democrat and Chronicle reported Terrence Lewis was released earlier this month from a Seneca County prison where he was serving 22 years to life for second-degree murder in the killing of Johnny Washington in Rochester. Judge Stephen Miller ruled Monroe County officials violated a federal interstate detainee agreement when they sent Lewis back to a federal prison in Pennsylvania where he was serving time on a drug conviction while he awaited trial in the New York murder case. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. Joseph, this is Binghamton Now for Thursday, February 15th. Now, your opportunity to speak on the radio. To a potentially very large audience. 607-772-1290 is our number. We encourage you to contribute whether you have never called a radio program in your life or whether in some cases you may have called this program thousands and thousands of times. Welcome the new, and we welcome the familiar. On Binghamton Now, the program is called Binghamton Now, but in fact, we talk about just about anything, anywhere, at any time. Let's begin, shall we? Good morning, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hi, I'm Michelle. I'm from Johnson City. 
Morning. What's on your mind? Well, I wanted to talk about uh, the housing crisis in our area. Uh, I drive Lyft out here, and I just find it fascinating. We don't talk enough about it. Um, like, you know, families and everyone's being forced into the Econo Lodge and the Red Roof Hotels, and there doesn't seem to be enough housing. And then the college campuses, like Broom, they sit empty now. They're not even renting to the kids because, like, if they have one strike against them or whatever, they're, you know, not even giving them a chance to stay on campus. So it's like, again, you know, the same thing we've been talking about for 30 years. And then another thing on my mind, I've been listening to the station since I was a kid, and the song Wima Wapa would come on every day. And my grandmother would listen to it way out at any point, but it's been going on since then. And what do people feel about the housing at the Salvation Army? How for decades we've been bringing people up here, you know, with drug problems and uh, we just keep bringing them and then they come out into the community and it just stays in our community. It's like we're just blocking it up here for 40 years and nobody talks about it. Well, do you think that should stop? Well, I do. I think that, you know, I've lived here my whole life. Like, I, you know, and I've seen, you know, and we know the statistics about this. You know, it's very low success rate. And it's just like this huge cycle where, you know, and then the VOA, too. We bring people home from the prisons. Even if they're not from Broome County, they come here. They're, they're shipped here. And I just find it interesting. I'm talking about immigrants all the time, but this very same thing's been happening now, you know, for decades, but in a different form. Well, one thing about people who go to prison, almost everybody who goes to prison is going to get out at some point. And then the question is, when they're released from state prison, where can they go to start their life over again and try to get into a situation where they're not going to wind up back in prison, back in the system? Right. That and is the question. Yeah. It's, it's very challenging. And some people are inevitably going to reoffend. Some people... I've been told, and I don't know how common it is, but I understand some people actually may intentionally commit crimes, maybe not big, big crimes, but crimes that are enough that could get them held in a county jail because they have no place to stay, no place to live, no food to yes. eat. They don't have a job. So I, I don't know. I, I am I very, either. yeah, it's, it's a, it's a big challenge. The people who have, committed crimes and then as they say paid their debt to society whether it was a sentence in jail or a sentence in state prison when they're released a lot of times they're inevitably going to have a very tough time getting any kind of job right. because a lot is, you know, like why why does it have to be broom county all the time and one thing i will say about us though at least we don't ship our problems off to somebody else <laughs> Like well, some, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes in the past we have. 
I mean, sometimes, depending on how much space there was at the county jail, um, and this was... I many, remember the old county jail. I used to go in there and visit. Yeah, and it was not you a know, good place. No, I mean, anything could happen in there, yeah. you know, that they visit. But, you know, just food for thought, I mean. Yeah. And then the housing crisis is very sad. Like, I'll see a family of five in a two-room hotel. And it's like, how, you know, how in the world, you know, I know they're thankful and they're working, but they just can't find a place out here. So... It's really happening. Yeah. It's well, I'm glad I'm glad you started the program talking about some topics we often don't discuss, but they're very important. Have you called before? I called you a while back regarding the COVID. My father was in his, in his 80s, and we were talking about how difficult it was at the time to get the, you know, the, the, the boomers in at the time. So, but... I have, and like I said, my grandmother, God rest her soul, but she's uh, Madonna Gem. She's from Whitney Point. We're seven generations out there, and uh, I want to give a shout-out to my family if they're listening. I love you, and I love WNBF. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you have a good day. You too, sir. It's 916 at News Radio WNBF. What's on your mind? We can talk about almost anything, including some topics that we never talk about. Feel free. Feel free to join us in our community conversation. And it doesn't have to be a big issue. It could be something small. And it could be something nice. You know, a lot of times people think that talk shows necessarily have to be controversial and provocative. And sometimes it happens here. Of course it's going to happen here, especially during a big presidential election year. That will happen. But there's plenty of time, plenty of room for all callers, all topics. So if you have thoughts, 607-772-1290. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? I'm choking at center, Bob. I'm sorry. I Is it Earl? Yeah, Earl from Coconut Center. Yeah, I got a bad cold trying to shake it. Well, thanks for calling in. Okay. So what's on your mind this morning? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, you, you know, about this accident over on 12A, you know, the guy was seriously hurt. 15-year-old kid, he gets an appearance ticket. Uh, well, what if the guy was killed, Bob? Would he still get an appearance ticket? I just got a little uh, a quick story to tell you. It takes less than a minute. Back in 61 or 62, two of my buddies stole the car. And and they had an accident, but they didn't hit anybody. They hid an earthen embankment somewhere uh, by the old Johnson City High School, one of them dead-end streets. Well, you know, uh, uh, they went in front of the judge. I believe they pleaded guilty. The 16-year-old got like a year in Elmira when it was a reformatory back then, as you remember. Uh, if you were 16 and above, the 15-year-old kid, he went and he did a year in industry in New York, if you're familiar with that, where they used to send the kids up. They were like they were like work farms, you know? And uh, I'm just saying, like, you know, where did those laws go, Bob? You know what I'm saying? They learned something. This kid probably ain't going to learn anything. Well, maybe he will, though. One yeah, of the so things. Maybe he won't, but, but, <laughs> well, here's but, the thing, and and I didn't include it 
in the story I wrote because it was a fairly long and complicated story uh, as it was. But one thing that Sheriff Akshar pointed out when he released the video yesterday is evidently this 15-year-old who was accused of driving a stolen vehicle and then smashing it into a car and then crashing head-on into a pickup truck. It says, I'm reading right now from the news release, he had no criminal history. Due to his age, he was released to his family and was issued an appearance ticket to answer for his charges in family court. So he faces three felony charges, assault uh, charges, assault, reckless endangerment, and grand larceny. Now, if the 53-year-old man who... I believe is still hospitalized with serious injuries from that crash that happened on February 9th. Uh Yep. And uh, now if he had died as a result of the crash, then clearly there would be a more serious charge than first degree assault. Could be maybe vehicular homicide. I don't know. Yeah, vehicular manslaughter. Yeah. Something like that. Release, you, you, you know. I mean, but both of my buddies that stole that car, they they were, you know, fifteen and sixteen years old. They had clean records. They just, you know, they just got a bad idea one night, and car was running the same way, and they took it, and that was it. You know. Yeah. Well, I I remember when I was a teenager. Sometimes I had bad ideas, but I never did anything to that extent, fortunately. Yeah, but well, me, me, but me, maybe me. if I was hanging out with the wrong crowd or didn't have enough parental guidance or who knows. I mean, uh, I'm, they, I'm, both, they both came from good families. Yeah, and well, and that's, that's what I hear very often yeah. uh, when, when there's um, a, a teenager, when he or she is uh, charged with something and then they wind up at least initially going through family court. Many times I've been told that... Um, you know, their parents are good. They're, there's both a mother and father in the home, and the parents have, um, uh, in some cases, both have good, respectable jobs and are known, mm-hmm. you know, the church going. And, and, and sometimes, hey, I've, I've known young people who you might see in church every Sunday, and yet sometimes they get into trouble. Sometimes they've done something maybe even horrific or they're accused of dump, doing something horrific and you say, I can't believe Sheila would do that. That's not the Sheila I know. But, mm-hmm. you know, again, it's... Because Sheila wasn't Sheila at the time right. in her mind. Yeah, you know and, what I'm saying? And that could happen. I believe that could happen to anybody. Yeah, well... You know, regardless of age. And let's know. hope, let's hope that all of us can make the correct decisions and not do anything that unintentionally results in some innocent person being hurt in a, a vehicle crash or anything else. So, But your point about this particular case with what happened at 819 last Friday when the high-speed pursuit ended with the crash near Price Chopper on Schneigel Bridge Road, your point about the 15-year-old boy being released after being charged, I get it. I yeah. I don't know. Hey, if I was a judge, even even if the law gave me wide discretion in this case, I don't know what I would do. Yeah, well, I just think you know. I just think the law has changed a lot uh, through the years. 
probably for the worse, and uh, my dog agrees. And, uh, and 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 that's it. I just like to know what people think about that, uh, or you know, right? Things happen and release. A guy lives across the street from you could go in your house to rob you while you're sleeping, Bob. You could wake up, scare him off. But he was in he was in he was in your bedroom. You recognize him? He's the kid across the street. You go to work in the morning. You come home four or five o'clock at night. He's sitting on the front porch, probably smiling at you. That's yeah. great. Probably probably drinking a beer. Yeah, and probably saying, "Hey, dude, what's it like? What's it like going to work every day, sucker?" Yeah, yeah, I had to put that out there, Bob. Yeah. You know. All right. Hey, thank Maybe you. Somebody will pick up on it. Yep. Okay. Hope Bye-bye. you feel better. Yep. Thanks. Nine twenty-four. WNBF Live with Bob Joseph. So, what do you think? Six zero seven 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 two. 1290. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Reserve your new Toyota at Galt Toyota. News Radio 
Tonight through mid-morning tomorrow, use extra caution when driving, especially if operating a high-profile vehicle and secure outdoor objects. Hmm. As I said, I didn't know they put that out. But anyway, there you go. It's there for your edification. Here's the complete forecast. Increasing clouds today, high 37. Cloudy tonight with some snow. Possibly mixed with rain. Low 26. New snow accumulation overnight, less than an inch. Tomorrow, partly sunny, windy, slight chance of snow in the morning, high 34. Right now, it's 21 in downtown Binghamton. That's minus 6 Celsius. It's 930 WNBF Binghamton. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Uh, Yonku from Binghamton. Yeah, good morning, Yonku. First time caller, long time listener, you could say. Yeah. Uh, how about, I'll give you my opinion on this, uh, Velo Airlines, Bob. How about that? <laughs> well, like Steve Miller once sang, Jet Airliner, the radio edit. I mean, this is a charter airline. I mean, look, here's a Velo's business plan. Uh, just like the People's Express, uh, uh, People's Express would put an ad in the paper that they wanted non-airline people to to work uh, for People's Express, great pay, great job, free travel. But in order to get the job, you had to pay people, you had to buy stock in People's Express Airlines. This is an inverse of that, a little bit more clever. They get money, taxpayer money, local government money, uh, from desperate politicians who want to claim they brought air service back. They do this all over the country. I think uh, Broome County, 400000 so far. I can't nail down the amount. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to produce the agreement that they have between Avello Airlines and Broome County. But it's somewhere in that area. Now, I said at the time, this was nothing more than a glorified charter airline. I mean, you know, Boscoff's used to have those trips. I don't know if they still do uh, from Avoca to uh, Florida. Uh, you, you know, that rate, you know, the Boscoff's bought, brought air service back. <laughs> I mean, so they go around hundreds of thousands of dollars. They left the space coast of Florida. They took like a quarter of a million dollars and completely pulled out. I think it's Melbourne now that wants, they want 500000 what they do is they move this equipment around, and keep in mind that the employees, uh, the ground employees, are not airline employees. They they work for a uh, a temp uh, agency. So that you know you got people checking your bags and taking tickets from you. They're not Avello Airlines employees. So this thing, uh, if you if you Google it, tax money to Avello Airlines. What you see is them going around the country, scurrying around the country getting these politicians to give them hundreds of thousands of dollars, and then they, they uh, get it on both sides. They, in other words, they say, well, well uh, you know, they get it from uh, point A to point B. They're getting money from both airports under this rube that they're bringing back regularly scheduled service. I mean, everybody wants to go to Florida in July, Bob, you know. Uh, so, so, look. Right now, I had a, a guy who's a famous guy locally 
crunched the numbers. He came up with, uh, you know, there's 13,000 passengers and the, the 2.8 million of county uh, general funds that was transferred into the airport. It comes out to $200 a passenger. So, uh, you know, this thing's a scam. Just like the Blue Angels are coming, it's an election year. These people need a good election year whopping. All these people need to be primary by good citizens that can run the place, get back to the Board of Supervisors. This is absolutely outrageous. How much tax money are they going to throw uh, around to try to get reelected, to try to get campaign? Well, at least they're not opening up... uh new library on court street and having a news conference the day before the election with the uh new library that has no furniture or books so at least they're not doing that well (laughs) sorry i i don't know was that was that wrong of me to say no it wasn't wrong in fact (laughs) the library problem this 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 thing with the carnegie library that ended up so kind. Let me just give you the thing. Uh, a, a family had a failed strip plaza in downtown Binghamton. They wanted to get rid of it. They came, The guy was on the IDA. They came up with this scheme to, that the Carnegie Library, that the floors couldn't hold the books, even though they held the books uh, for hundreds, uh, for uh, you know almost 100 years or so. Uh, they came up with this scheme, turnkey library. They took their old strip plaza, uh, uh, made it an architecturally uh, <laughs> challenged uh, building, and put some doodads up there and charged the county uh, $20 million. Uh, so that was the problem. But the only other problem was, the car- what are you going to do with the Carnegie Library? The IDA held, it on, held on to it, held on to it. Then uh, Kevin McLaughlin, the director of the IDA, uh, engineered this swap with Broome Community College. He wanted to build a new office there on the, in the front of the college. So he swapped out the, the, the Carnegie Library, which was in the IDA's possession, to Broome to get that building built. The only problem is, and then they converted it to this culinary center to where they were going to train. It was going to be staffed by BCC students to help them train in the restaurant business. But, oh, no, now it was outsourced. But the uh, but here's the point, and the dormitory was involved in this project, too. Though. So here's the problem. $25 million of debt obligation on the Carnegie Library and a failed, failed dormitory that they want to refinance for 30 years, so much so that they want a heads-up on the credit rating on what it's going to do. What I'm telling you, Bob, is this. This is another case where these people are bankrupting these institutions. They're doing it all to enrich themselves, to put money in their pocket. They are inherently dishonest about everything. We spent uh, uh, hundreds of millions of dollars on so-called economic development. Where are the jobs? They are still, still, we're, we're not back to anywhere you want to slice it whether it's Vestal, Binghamton, or Endicott, we are not back to anywhere near the jobs that we had or the quality of the jobs. The money's all going into these university research projects. The taxpayers, the residents, the citizens have been betrayed by these professional politicians who have no ability whatsoever. It's time for them all to go. All right.
You know, you sound like Howard Beale. Thank you, Bob. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Didn't he sound like he was channeling his inner Howard Beale? It's 9.38, the voices of the people on Binghamton Now. I'm Bob Joseph on WNBF. Get me to the airport. Put me on a plane. Yeah. Thursday morning at 940 WNBF Live. Airport Road Bob in the town of Maine. Good morning. Good morning, Bob. Listen, this sounds like it's going to be a very lively day. And I know you do no uh, connections or uh, matchmaking. But, John, if you're still listening, you have your my name and number. Please call me. I have stuff you need. Anyway, let's talk about the idea and continue to follow up on how out of control this Broome County agency is. I've been chasing this 600-acre uh, corporate park for the last three years. There are so many discrepancies going on, so many improprieties, so many rules have been broken that this is going to all come out within the next uh, week or so. And, Bob, I keep telling you, um, when you get a chance, this is going to blow up. Um, as it stands right now, the IDA keeps promoting this 600-acre corporate park. As of today, they have only agreed to a purchase agreement for 300 acres. They have not paid Mr. Delapena, and they have completed this purchase agreement way back in November. So now let's take a look at whether or not there's some kind of conspiracy among the politicians of Broome County and the IDA and the agencies. I understand this is a project that's going to be huge. It's probably, it's probably coming down from Hochul. But as taxpayers, as residents, and who are people who are going to be um, affected by this project, nothing has been done right according to some of the rules, procedures, and laws of New York State. I have, um, and I will confirm, that the New York State Comptroller's Office is investigating this project. Um, the agency has received $500,000 from a grant program that, if you look at, is uh, kind of fishy. Um, no paperwork has been sent to the town of Maine. Um, and this project is three years old. By now, after receiving money, and you're supposed to do things before you receive the money. For example, uh, seeker reviews. You're supposed to have the um, towns on board, the zoning boards or the planning boards, at least on board to 
consider your your options of what you want to do with that project. They have done nothing, nothing at all. The town of Maine has sent letters to the IDA stating to them that they do not have any interest in this project, yet they continue to push forward with the bully mentality. I find it very, very strange that more people in this area, especially anyone in the Johnson City area, Reynolds Road, Oakdale Road, East Main Road, Lower Stella Road, Middle Stella Road, Smith Hill, the Airport Road Corridor. They're talking about 3,000 people working on this project if they ever were to complete it. I don't see how they'll ever will, but... Well, they could. I mean, you know, I... I, They could. Yeah. I mean, as far as uh, the entire process... The way most development projects go, not just around here, but almost anywhere, there traditionally is a lot of secrecy, whether it involves any government agency, an IDA, or similar agency. The secrecy is amazing. Why do you think they have um, an executive session at almost every meeting? That's The executive session is the part I want to be in on, but... Every time they go into executive session, they usher me out of the room and say, "Get out of here." Those well, are the th- that's it? that's that's where the that's where the sausage is made. Well, how about this? They don't even allow you to watch their uh, public videos anymore. If you go on the agency's website, the last video that you can watch as a uh, resident, um, and the videos are public meetings. They should be available to anyone to watch. The last meeting you can actually watch on their website is October 18th. And I, that's the one I've told everybody to watch to see what a, what a, a cluster jo- job this is, okay? Um, you can't watch any more of the videos after that. The, well, that, maybe the, something it, happened with their equipment. Maybe something's broken. Um, yeah, I'm sure it has. They, had, they sent a secretary to take shorthand to the town of Maine planning board meeting the other night to write down everything that was discussed at the town of Maine meeting, yet would not make any comments or any um, answer any questions. So the residents that hear this radio show today, tell your friends, send an email to the town of Maine board telling them that you do not want this Corva Park. Send an email to the town of Union board that you're not in favor of this project. Um, there's so many environmental issues with the um, properties that's already been purchased according to the agreement. And the apple orchard that's uh, on that property was closed in the 60s because of lead and arsenic contamination. I'm just asking everybody to start looking at things locally. We can only change what we can change here. We can't change what happens in Washington. All right. All right. Well, keep me posted. If you... See something, say something. Appreciate your call. Thank you. That's the story from the town of Maine making contemporary news. DJ from Binghamton, good morning. Hey, good morning, everybody. Happy post-Valentine's Day. You know what I would say, Bob? This is me. I know you don't you don't but what I would say is what have you done? When some what have you done? Tell me what you've done. When someone calls up, ah, let me give you an example. Oh, we got the worst sheriff. Oh, we got the worst congressman. When have you run for office? 
oh, our college is the worst. They're wasting all the money. The college, the college think they suck. What are you doing about it? What are you doing about it? These people call up and complain about the college. You know what I'm talking about. Calls up and complain every time. It's so depressing. You know he's depressed. What have you done, brother? You know, he comes on your show. I'm a good Catholic. That's not what good Catholics do. Good Catholics don't. Good anything doesn't call up. Well, he's he's entitled. Anybody is entitled. Yeah, well, if, hey, if you don't like it, don't listen. I mean, you're entitled to say what has he done, but he's entitled to bring up these issues as well. I, I think his his points usually are are reasonable. I don't know in terms. I'm not doing a fact check on everything that he says, but I think the points he brings up are are reasonable and they need to be discussed. I think it's good for, and I know the elected officials or people with certain agencies may not agree with this. I think it's actually helpful for them if they hear some of the questions he raises. Hey, it can make them better. If there are serious questions about certain things, maybe they can think harder and get the information out. There's nothing that precludes them from responding. I knew you were going to say that, and I'm not offended by you saying, well, he's Well, good. There's no reason to be offended. So, you know, if, if he wants to bring up issues that other people aren't, you know, and I'll just say this, going forward, there's no need to criticize other callers. It's dark. It is dark. And it's lonely here at the radio station. But having said that, I muddle on. And I'm here every weekday morning to serve you from 9 to noon. If you don't like something a caller says... Call in and give us content that you think might be better. You don't have to necessarily chastise someone for being critical. The issues are worth discussing. Nobody else is discussing issues on radio or TV the way we do. That's why we're Binghamton now. That's part of my mission. I'm Bob Joseph on WNBF. Joseph Binghamton now. We're just getting started on a Thursday morning. Gary from Binghamton's West Side. Good morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Bob. I'd like to give a kudos, a shout out to the Union and the Cot cheerleading team. They came home with the uh, with a championship. They uh, the small varsity game day division two championship. So they were champions. They were down in Orlando, Florida, and they won the whole thing. The cheerleading squad for Union Endicott. Isn't that amazing? That's fantastic. Well, that really Best is. In the nation. Best in the nation. Wow. Go, Tigers. Right Go. Right yeah. It's awesome. Wow. The girls don't get much. You know, they don't get as much as the boys because the boys, you know, in football, everybody loves football. But the cheerleaders, just as important. Congratulations, cheerleaders. Did a great job down in Orlando. Hey, That's thank what I got, you. Bob. All right. All right. Thanks, Gary. Yeah, for some reason, for some reason, I was unaware of that. But now I see other news organizations in town have done the story. Uh, one of the stories I see is at Fox 40. 
said the varsity cheer team returned home with a new title to their program as they became national champions. Union Endicott won the small varsity game day Division II championship during the National High School Cheerleading Championship by Varsity Spirit that was held February 9th through the 12th. Over 1,000 teams from 34 states competed at the ESPN Wide World of Sports in Orlando. The Tigers cheer team would be in the top five teams in the semifinals before getting the top score in the finals to secure the national title. Congratulations to the Union Endicott cheerleaders. Bob Joseph live and local on News Radio. WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 AM. WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton. A town square media station. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Snow showers likely today, possibly mixed with rain. High near 38. Snow tonight, low around 27. Chance of snow showers Friday, mostly cloudy with a high near 35. Donald Trump is expected to be back in a New York court for a hearing that could decide whether the former president's first criminal trial begins in late March. Today's hearing is being held in the same Manhattan courtroom where Trump pleaded not guilty last April to 34 counts of falsifying business records. Prosecutors say the Republicans' company kept fraudulent records as part of a scheme to bury stories about extramarital affairs that Trump says were false. Trump's lawyers say the criminal case is politically motivated and marred by legal defects. A 15-year-old town of Dickinson boy faces felony charges for allegedly stealing a vehicle that slammed into a car and a pickup truck during a police chase in Shenango Bridge. The Broome County Sheriff's Office on Wednesday afternoon released dash cam video showing the high-speed pursuit of a 2017 Kia Sorento. Sheriff Fred Akshar said the vehicle had been left running and unlocked by a resident on Kirkwood Avenue in Port Dickinson last Friday morning. The car was reported stolen around 8.10 a.m. A few minutes later, a sheriff's deputy spotted the Kia at a stoplight at West Service Road in Shenango Bridge Road. The deputy stopped the car and tried to speak with the driver, but the vehicle sped off. Deputies pursued the Kia for a short time before it smashed into two vehicles at the Matthews Road intersection near the entrance to the Price Chopper supermarket. The investigation indicated the Kia had been traveling 80 to 90 miles per hour before the crash. A 53-year-old man who was driving a car struck by the stolen vehicle was seriously injured. Akshar said he remains hospitalized. The youth who was operating the stolen Kia was treated at a hospital for minor injuries. He has been charged with assault, reckless endangerment, and grand larceny. He was issued an appearance ticket for family court. The New York State Police announced that troopers issued 6,876 tickets during a special stop DWI traffic enforcement period over Super Bowl weekend during the campaign, which started February 9th through the 11th. State police increased patrols and conducted sobriety checkpoints to deter, identify, and arrest impaired drivers. The initiative was funded by the Governor's Traffic Safety Committee and it was also carried out by local law enforcement agencies across the state. 
During the enforcement period, state troopers arrested 139 people for DWI and investigated 245 crashes, which injured 37 people. New York State Police did not respond to any fatal crashes during the weekend. Last month, Avello Airlines announced a seasonal break for flights from the Greater Binghamton Airport to Orlando, Florida. Flights beginning in April would include the 3rd and 6th, and after that, the only other flights available for the near future from Binghamton to Orlando would include Saturday flights on April 20th and 27th. Avello Airlines noted they would be working with the Greater Binghamton Airport on timing and schedule to return the route for midsummer. The airline has now officially announced that return of flights to Orlando. According to representatives of Avello Airlines, flights can now be booked from Binghamton to Orlando beginning June 6th for travel through Labor Day after taking a break in the month of May. There will be summer scheduled day changes for arrivals and departures from the winter-spring schedule for the Binghamton to Orlando flights. Instead of flights occurring on Wednesdays and Saturdays, flights beginning June 6th through September 2nd will instead occur on Thursdays and Sundays. Departure and return times have also changed for the summer schedule. Nationwide, Avello Airlines flies to 23 states and Puerto Rico. A downtown Binghamton resident has been accused of stealing many valuable items from a Court Street church. Authorities said Randy Ives of Rutherford Street was arrested in connection with a break-in at Holy Trinity Greek Orthodox Church. He's been charged with third-degree burglary. According to Binghamton Police detectives, the break-in at the church, located at 214 Court Street, was reported last Friday. Police officers determined someone had entered the building through a second-floor window. Several religious articles of high value were taken in the burglary. Detectives executed a search warrant at the suspect's residence, where they believe all the items stolen from the church have been recovered. A member of the Binghamton Church for decades told WNBF News that there appeared to have been little damage at the building aside from a broken window. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. Bob Joseph, I never sleep. So the legend goes. This is Binghamton Now on a Thursday morning, 607-772-1290. That is the number. Feel free to give me a call. Because I'd like to hear what you have to say. We'll talk about it live on WNBF. So true. There's more to the picture than meets the eye. 
Yes. In where there's smoke, there's fire. And where there, inve- uh, there are investigations, there could be indictments. So there you go, kids. Just something to look forward to as WNBF Radio moves forward in what tw- is gonna, going to be a memorable 2024. So uh, if you enjoy the news and, and breaking news and things you didn't think would happen, um, stay tuned. Stay tuned. I say stay tuned. They um, did put out the, the dash cam video from the Shenango Bridge Road crash that happened last Friday morning. Of course, we did cover the story and we gave you some of the initial um, coverage shortly after the crash occurred. Fortunately, there was no loss of life, but still it was a very serious uh, matter with uh, a vehicle that apparently... It's a 2017 Kia Sorento. So as soon as I heard that, I said, oh, no, a Kia Sorento. You know what that means. The Kia kids have come down from Syracuse, and they want to make a mockery of um, our justice system. Well, it wasn't quite like that. I mean, don't think for a minute that the Kia kids can't come down from Syracuse and cause trouble with your fine Kia or whatever other car is easy to steal. But uh, in this case, um, sadly, the owner of the 2017 Kia Sorento, he left the car running in the driveway. And I see people do this. I see it on a daily basis. (laughs) I just shake my head. I mean, I'm a trusting person. I am very, very trusting. But I'm not trusting enough to warm my car up in the driveway and leave it unattended even for two seconds. Well, it's not because I think crime is rampant. That's not true. Crime is not rampant. But let's put it this way. Think about this. If you turn your car on in the winter in your driveway for the express purpose of warming up your vehicle and then you go back inside to finish your coffee or let the dog out or whatever whatever it is you need to do before you hit the road, you just you may as well just put a a sign on your car, whether it's a 2017 Kia Sorento or any other car, and just say, steal me. It's too tempting. It's not just tempting to 15-year-old boys. It could be tempting to an 8-year-old girl. It could be tempting to a, sad to say, a talk show host. I wouldn't steal a Kia Sorento. But what if, oh, I don't know, someone named Janine is warming up her vehicle. And it happens to be a beautiful Cadillac Escalade worth over $127,000. Would I be able to avoid the temptation to take it for a spin if she left it in her driveway warming up? 
yeah, actually, I would resist the temptation. But would I think about it? Would I salivate at the possibility? Ooh, Ikea. Or, I mean, not, <laughs> excuse me. Ooh, an Escalade, a Cadillac Escalade, just like our newsmobile. And would I close my eyes for five seconds and imagine myself behind the wheel of a 2025 Cadillac Escalade that somebody, an imaginary person named Janine, left warming up in the driveway on my street? Yeah, I'd imagine it, of course. Of course, I know you're saying, but Bob, you wouldn't steal it. No, that's true. That's true. I don't care what the vehicle is Escalade, Sorrento, Yugo. Well, maybe a Yugo I would steal just to see if it still would go. I remember WNBF thought we were being cute. Remember that uh, contest this station had? We gave away a brand new Yugo. By the way, I was not involved in that contest. <laughs> anyway, bottom line is... Uh, this is a pro tip. If you're going to warm up your car any time of year, including the winter, stay in your car. Another thing about your car. If you have it parked in your driveway or out on a street somewhere or in a parking garage or whatever or out at a mall parking lot, lock your car, take your key, take your key fob. Don't have anything of any value at all visible in the vehicle. Don't tempt people. There's no excuse, no matter what your age, whether you're 15 or 55, there's no excuse for stealing stuff. So I'm not I'm not absolving anyone of criminal conduct, but don't don't make it so easy. Let me just see. Uh, this is the video. Well, this is audio from the video that was released by the Broome County Sheriff's Office of what transpired in a very short period of time last Friday morning. This all happened... Uh, right around 8.15, So, this is dash cam video. And you can get a sense, because the, I believe it was uh, Highway Patrol Vehicle 134, 134. A deputy spotted the vehicle that had just been reported stolen on Kirkwood Avenue in Hillcrest. Or, no, Port Dickinson. So, of course he's going to pursue the vehicle, and then the stolen vehicle is blowing through red lights down Shenango Bridge Road. And they say, at one point, the stolen vehicle was zooming around at 80 to 90 miles an hour. Allegedly by a 15-year-old town of Dickinson boy. And that's 
It looks to me like the pursuit may have lasted just over a minute. So a lot can happen. So now the 15-year-old boy, according to the sheriff, apparently had no previous criminal record, apparently. And so hopefully this is it. Hopefully whatever happens with our criminal justice system can help teach him a lesson but not prevent him from having a good life and living hopefully another 80 or 90 years and staying out of trouble. I mean, for all we know, the uh, town of Dickinson boy who was arrested after the stolen vehicle incident and the brief pursuit, for all we know, he could go on to do really good things, and I hope he does. I hope if he has other issues, and he may have other issues, or some people would say challenges or problems, whatever, let's hope he can get some help so he doesn't resort to this. Of course, his name isn't being released, although... People are, some people, of course, are familiar with who he is, but still, it's a sad thing. It's sad for the driver, the innocent driver, who I think had been shopping at the Price Chopper store last Friday morning. Can you imagine? I don't, last Friday was a busy, busy news day. It started, for me, it started, um, I was working on some story near the Oakdale Commons. And then this pursuit and then the crash happened, so I had to go there. And then I thought, well, that's the end of the news. We're not going to have any more news on Friday. And then sadly, right right when I thought my weekend was going to get underway, then it was time to cover breaking news near Morabito Stadium and the post office when a 20-year-old man was shot to death. So it was a very busy Friday from a news standpoint, but all weekend, I couldn't help but think about everybody who was touched by these two separate and totally unrelated incidents. Young people and their families, as well as innocent people, had nothing to do with anything. And, and let's face it, lives were changed last Friday. So Sad but true. It's 1021. Let's go to the phones on this Thursday morning. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hi, Bob. Mark from Binghamton. Hi, Mark. Going on your logic, <clears throat> if I'm cooking steaks out on the grill, <clears throat> excuse me, in front of my house, I should stand guard over it entirely because I'm sort of tempting someone to come and steal it. Sure. If you're cooking steaks out in front of your house, if you don't want them stolen, stay there. Boy, this is third world country logic there. No, this is real logic. It's not. This is first world logic, second world, third world, fourth world. It's just common sense. If you put steaks out on a grill in front of your house and leave them unattended, and then you come back in five minutes and they're gone... Yeah, of course, the person who stole the steaks is culpable and is a criminal, but you 
you put a temptation out there, and you should have known better. Oh, gosh. That, it just doesn't make sense. But it doesn't have to make sense. This is not a talking head song. It makes perfect sense if you don't want to lose your stakes. If you don't care about your steaks and you want to take a chance by putting delicious steaks at $40 a pound, thanks to Joe Biden, if you want to put them out in front of your house and grill them, and so you've got delicious steak odor and, and the smoke, barbecue smoke, wafting over a two-block area, and somebody happens to be walking by and says, Mmm, nice time for a steak. Oh, medium rare. I'm going to help myself. Hey, they're criminals. I'm not coddling the criminals. On the other hand, if you call me tomorrow morning and say, Bob, Bob, you were right. I left my steaks unattended for four minutes, and when I came back, they were gone. I wish I had paid attention to what you said. I'd beat the suckers bloody. The guy would be long gone. The guy would have timed it perfectly, and they'd be gone. And yeah, you would, if you could, you, you would beat the sucker bloody, and then you'd be going to jail. <clears throat> Charged with recklessly cooking steaks on a grill. <laughs> By the way, I, I understand the point you're making. I'm not happy. I'm not happy we live in an era where people are likely to steal your steaks if you close your eyes for one minute. Uh, it's yeah. not. It's just the truth. Don't blame me for uh, no, the, the ills of society. Because you're, you just can't be that paranoid in this world. Right. Um, but apparently you are. Um, I'm not, no, I'm not. And by the way, if if I cook steaks, I'm not cooking them out in front of my house. I'm going to cook them in the backyard, which is fenced. Not to say that somebody who loves steaks couldn't hop over the fence and grab a steak while I was inside grabbing a moxie. They could, and I wouldn't like it, and then I'd report it, and then I'd prosecute to the fullest extent of the law. On another note, um, I read about the couple in Massachusetts near Logan Airport that um, invited the refugees, migrants, illegals, um, to their house and got an immediate response. I think we have so much room in Broome County, apparently, according to talk show hosts. Um, if we hung out a flag, all those houses that are abiding by the bring them in, hang a flag outside your house. If you have room for one, ten, twenty, um, put it out there. It uh, could be a Mexican flag. It should be a United Nations flag because there's quite a variety. And that, <clears throat> that might appease some of the um, housing issues. Um for the poor um, people coming in. Um, just a thought. All right. I think Thank I just you. Got cut off. Oh. No. Right. Why would I cut you off? You're Kudos to uh, Bob, Airport Bob. Um, that's uh, I've, when he first started this campaign, um, you kind of got after him to get more information and get the facts straight. And boy, he learned well from your recommendations, and um, he's on it. And uh, formerly from Middle Stella, and I just don't see um, if it's a lithium battery recovery, like recycling, we'll call it, um, plant that they might have intentions for. Um, I know a person from Raymond that um, um, is familiar with the lithium ion 
batteries for their forklifts, and there is a recycling plant up in Rochester, I believe I'm not positive, and they're dealing with a lot of environmental issues up there for that. So if this is what they plan on springing upon us, um, bad idea. Yeah, I hope they don't build it next to me. Oh, there you go. Not in my backyard. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I appreciate your call. It's all good. Have a good day. Thank you, Mark. It's 1026 WNBF with Bob Joseph. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name and where are you calling from? Hi, Bob. It's Robin. I'm calling from Port Crane. Welcome to our program. Hey, thank you. Look, about this crime thing, I've been watching C-SPAN for for years. Christopher Ray was on there because he was at a House committee thing last last month. And uh, he, I mean, three years ago, Bob, he, they quoted him as saying, ISIS was in all 50 states and we should all be concerned, right? Well, when he was at this recent thing, he said, now the cartels are in all 50 states and there's red lights going off all over. So you can downplay this whole rise in crime from the open borders that Biden has, but the fact remains... The FBI even admits to it if you just watch C-SPAN every once in a while there, Bob. All right. You got I, a comment on that? Well, I don't... talk about that? I don't disagree with you. I'm, well, your, your entire show yesterday, you kept saying over and over again, we need to let them all in, let them all I in. I didn't say we need to let them all in like that, like, like put up a big sign saying America is welcome for anybody else on the planet, all 7.7 billion people. If you want to come here, come in now while the getting's good. No. No. You have said that over and over again. You said let them all in. Well, what I meant to say is let the people in who want to come in here, but they have to come in in some organized fashion. And, and... Yes, they they need to follow all of the laws of this great land. Yeah, and the, the fact remains, Bob, that our government is not going to help us, and it's up to the people to take out the trash. Our government will help us to the greatest extent possible, but it is true there are limitations to what our government can do. Not the one we have now. Joe Biden and, and Mayorkas and all the rest of these clowns, they got the borders wide open. There well, Mar- Mayorkas, don't blame him. He's just been impeached. You know, he's, he's got big problems, man. He was impeached, so you can bet that sent a very powerful message to his boss, Joe Biden. Well, you know, it's not going to do any good at all if Chuck Schumer doesn't bring it up in the Senate and they don't, you know, follow through with their... Well, I, I agree with you that uh, Senator Schumer is not going to bring it up. I was going to say highly unlikely. I can go out on a radio limb and say Charles Schumer will not bring it up in the Senate. Well, like I said, I watch C-SPAN a lot. And, Mm -hmm. Bob, if you watch these Democrats, these committee hearings, where where all they do is grandstand and have their little five-minute speeches, you know, bashing Trump, and none of this stuff is about Trump that's going on right now. Well, one part of it is about him because he he, uh, basically shot down the, the compromise legislation, which, of course, it was imperfect, but he wanted to do his best to keep the issue alive, at least through the November election. So in that sense, you know, it does have a lot to do with him. It's a shame. It's a shame that he uh, couldn't have called Biden's bluff. 
Well, we are so screwed because it's. I'm not saying we aren't, but if the former guy had only called Biden's bluff and told Republicans, "Go ahead, vote for this," because if it's passed and it doesn't work, if it's as bad as we're claiming it is, it won't work, and it's still going to be a legitimate issue for the November election. You know, he had a perfect opportunity. It would have strengthened the case. Now he's given the Biden bunch uh, a, a potential issue to use. And, and let's face it, some voters could be convinced by Democratic advertising that it was Trump's fault that the legislation didn't pass. And they could say, yeah, no wonder it's a problem. We had a potential solution. And the former guy wouldn't let members of his party vote for it. As they shouldn't. Well, they didn't. So now, bottom line, and, and thank you for your call, Rob. Bottom line is, the Biden bunch will be able to use this. They can ride this to victory in November, potentially. And what is the former guy going to say? Well, I told my my loyal people not to vote for it because uh, when when I get back in... On January 20th, I'll come up with a powerful piece of legislation that'll fix the problem. And we'll get Mexico to finish the wall and pay for it. Hey, the former guy, I think, fell into a trap by not calling Biden's bluff on it. Because again, say if it was passed here in mid-February and took effect, then what is Joe Biden going to say? when the problem persists in October. Oh, I got exactly what I wanted with Congress going along with the compromise legislation, and yet it still is a problem that causes major concern with many Americans. Well, the former guy could probably have gotten back in the White House, conceivably, or at least he would have made it close, in November, but he directed his supporters in Congress to not vote for a compromise measure because, in the view of some people, compromise is a bad word. This is Bob Joseph. You're listening to Binghamton Now on a Thursday morning. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Shop Toyota, Chevy, BMW, and pre owned at GaltAuto.com. First News Binghamton. Nowhere to hide. Everybody is at risk. So the naysayers would have you believe. And the truth is, eh, you're, you're pretty safe. 
pretty safe. Is there risk? Is there a risk when you leave your home today? Yes, there's a slight risk. Should you be scared? Mm, no. Don't be scared. Yeah, but I heard on the radio and on the TV you should be scared because things are totally out of control. Well, I've heard those reports as well. And I'm here to confirm things are not, not totally out of control. If you think things now are out of control, well, they're not. Are you afraid? Are you very, very afraid? Well, it's an election year, so if you are very, very, very afraid, then that means the people who aren't in office now have succeeded in creating a climate of fear. Don't fear. Go out and enjoy life. 607-772-1290 at 10.36. This is WNBF Live. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hey, good morning there, Bob. It's Dave from Vestal. Good morning. Are you in hey, fear? Are you in fear? No, usually, usually not, Bob, but sometimes. It depends. When was the last time you were in fear? Oh, let's see. Gee, Bob, it's been a while. Trying to remember now. See, that proves my point. There's nothing to fear. There's no fear here. Okay. Hey, that, the the hot topic, Bob, the border. I need between that and crime, I could spend years talking. But you know, Bob, I'd like to ask: Where's the sympathy for all the real Americans that live in border states and other places around the country? They've had their lives disrupted and have to trip over these people everywhere they go. And you, we talked about Governor Abbott in Texas. The guy's hand was forced by Biden. He, he's had to secure the border himself. And I don't blame him for busing immigrants to blue cities. They deserve to have a taste of what border states have to deal with. And, you know, it, it, it's easy to sit back in the comfort of your own home. You know, you, you got a guy from Oweagles called a couple times. Where's all the compassion? We're, the Ameri We're America. Let, all, let them in. I, <laughs> where's the compassion? <laughs> Where's the passion, compassion for the migrants, Bob? It, look what they're going through, too. Bob, I'd like to make an offer to all your big-hearted listeners. You, too, if you want. I personally will pay for 10, 12 cots, whatever you need to put in your basements and, and tents and sleeping bags. To fill that's outrageous. Dave, that's outrageous. I will. That's outrageous. Now, on the other hand, there are places in Bromantauga counties that would be um, I'm not saying they're luxurious, they're not posh. But there are places I can think of right now where potentially hundreds, hundreds of people who need a place to stay where they could live and be safe. They wouldn't be in uh, terrible shelters or out on the streets. And that's, uh, that's something that could be considered by the state and federal governments if they wanted to use available space that exists in maybe not every community, but many communities, including right here in the Binghamton area.
Well, my point is, Bob, a lot of people just sit back in the comfort of their home. I know. I heard you. You don't have to repeat it. You said it once on the radio. We were paying attention. Yes. We're sitting back in the comfort of our own homes, and you're going to pay for 10 or 12 cots to put in our basement. Sorry, dude. It's not going to happen. Why not, Bob? It's not going to happen. Nobody is coming to my house unless I specifically invite them. Nobody is coming to my house, and they're not going to live in the basement. They're not going to live in uh, with cots that are set up in the basement or in the living room. I mean, come on, man. Get real. Well, once you guys experience it, get back to me with your compassion. Hey, we're not going to experience it because it's not going to happen. Save your money. Go to Target and buy some chocolates. Okay, then quit saying let them in. Let them in. Let them in. We have space. We have space in many, many communities in America. So those who are here can be accommodated if the state and federal governments work with their local partners and come up with a plan. You have space. You have space in basements, yards, decks. No. No. They're not going to be living at individual single-family residences. In the first place, it's pro it would probably, in many communities, violate zoning law. Matter of fact, fill your garage. Park your cars in the street. No! No, I am not going to scrape the ice off my windshield tomorrow morning because people, four or five people, are living in my garage, so my, my car has to be out in the cold overnight? Come on, man. <laughs> Come on. I mean, I'm compassionate, but I'm not, I'm not going that far. And besides, besides, who wants to sleep on a cot in a garage? That can't be healthy. It's 1041 at Bob, jo at Bob Joseph. Yeah. yeah. We've changed the name of the station. It's now at Bob Joseph. Hi, you're on the air. What's going on? Hello. Yeah. Hello. Hello. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Dan in Binghamton. Uh, your previous caller is the prime example of the damage that Donald Trump's done to this country. And well, that sounds, way, by the way, though, that sounds kind of harsh because we know Dave is a regular listener and a frequent contributor. So you make it sound like there's in some way something wrong with him. And I, I disagree. No. Well, I mean, now, now, if he, I, I think, I think he was probably joking. He doesn't want people living in my garage or in my basement. Another, well, let's put it this way. Trump's men struck again in Kansas City the other day. So, you know, this the beat just goes on. Well, first, I don't believe that. And and second, let's face it, Donald Trump, for all his bluster, doesn't really support violence. No? Well, he didn't. He did the seventh or the whenever the devil they, they, they ran into the... Uh, Capitol there. Yeah, well, that was January 6th. That was the insurrection. So maybe I will say this. On, on the insurrection day, I would say that President Trump uh, certainly could have acted uh, in a more timely manner to call off his supporters and tell them to uh, stop breaking the law. That, that much I agree with you on. Bob, all I can say is it's a great thing that you can let just anybody call in. It's, it's still enough. <laughs> 
thing, man. It really is. I love it. I love this program. <laughs> I appreciate you calling in. Yeah, better work. <laughs> Catch man. Talk to you later. Thanks. Yeah, everybody's welcome. You know, it's the radio hullabaloo. I'd like to punch him in the face, I'll tell you. Bob Joseph, WNBF. Ten forty-seven WNBF live with Bob Joseph Ritchie in Binghamton. Good morning. You're on the air. How you doing? I'm um, well, thank you. I've been in town since 1946, so I'm a pretty well established Binghamtonite. Yeah, um, well, I'm glad glad you uh, have chosen <laughs> to stay. Yeah, I tried, I tried to get away once, but it didn't work out. <laughs> yeah, they, they they came out with a net and ordered you back. Get back here. Well. <laughs> you can't escape. There is no escape. There's no place to yeah, run. Vegas, no place to Las hide. Vegas in 1990. And uh, Las Vegas was exciting. I should have stayed there, I think. But anyhow, uh, all that talk about top secret information with the president of the United States. And uh, I just was thinking about that because I was in the Army for three years in Germany. And I worked for... Uh, Third Armor Division with the Signal Corps, and I had a top secret clearance, and uh, we knew how to how to dispense with the information. It was very uh, classified, and we had to uh, guard it with weapons and whatever. Well, I worked in a communication center, which was no windows, and the door was one door with uh, ammunition behind it, so that we could protect our information, which was given to us from the Pentagon. And encrypted messages, which we had to break break them down, with a, so they could declassified to people like me. I was only a two striper, and here I had a top secret uh, crypto cosmic clearance in the middle of uh, occupation in Germany. And uh, the German kids, they even knew what the trucks were when we were out in the field doing our uh, UHF shots and. Uh, with different combat commands and and all the European theater, the uh, it's amazing how much the kids today know around the world. But you get back to the United States, and our kids don't seem to understand what the hell is going on anymore. And this is because during the days when I went into the army, I had to go because Doctor Mister Kennedy, President Kennedy, said if you're not married, you won't get drafted. And so me and my buddy, we said, my, what are we going to do? I said, there's only one way to beat this game is to join them. So I joined and I got Germany and he, he joined and he went to Germany too. But we all, we got in different divisions. I was stationed in the same building that Elvis Presley was in, in the third armor division. But he was in the third armor division too, but he had already gone back to, back home. So president, I said all that to say this, President Trump, when he took the information home, the classified information home to his house in Mar-a-Lago, he has the purpose, purposeful and deliberate reason to do that if he wanted to do that, because he's the one in charge of our country. And the same for Joe Biden. They take the, the information home to their homes so they can go over the information when they're leisurely thinking about it. Don't forget, these guys are protected. Their house, 
the house of Mar-a-Lago is surrounded by right. But the bottom, buildings. but the bottom line is, if you if you take stuff, then bring it back. Don't don't leave it at Mar-a-Lago. Don't leave it in your garage in Wilmington or wherever that was in Delaware. Yeah, I get taking some classified stuff if you need it to work and bring it back. There shouldn't be one yeah. confidential document in uh, the residence or the garage of, of a former vice president or a former president. There's no excuse. There is no excuse for that. Well, that sounds good, but uh, we don't have the need to know what's going on behind the scenes. I know, but once you're out of office... If you were a former vice president or a former president, you have no need for the documents. Bring them back and then face the consequences. If you broke a law, you may have to do some prison time. That's my opinion. Anyway, I appreciate your calling in, Richie. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. Confidential documents while you're in office. I get it. I get it. You may need to consult with those secret documents while you're in office. After you're no longer in government service, return every document, every post-it note. The country's security may depend on it. I'm Bob Joseph. This is WNBF. born flexible. I've gotten more flexible as governor. Uh, you know, veritable Gumby uh, you need to be to be a governor. Oh, you get me ready in your 56 Chevy. Why don't we go sit down in the shade? Take shelter on my front porch. The dandelion sun scorching like a glass of cold WNBF. Where have all the Gumbies gone? Am I right, Paula? The Gumbies gone. We used to have flexible governors. Now look. See what happens. Coming up, more calls, so don't touch that dial. Bob Joseph live at WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media station. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF News. Snow showers likely today, possibly mixed with rain, high near 38. Snow tonight, low around 27. Chance of snow showers Friday, mostly cloudy with a high near 35. Donald Trump is expected to be back in a New York court for a hearing that could decide whether the former president's first criminal trial begins in late March. Today's hearing is being held in the same Manhattan courtroom where Trump pleaded not guilty last April to 34 counts of falsifying business records. 
Prosecutors say the Republicans company kept fraudulent records as part of a scheme to bury stories about extramarital affairs that Trump says were false. Trump's lawyers say the criminal case is politically motivated and marred by legal defects. A 15-year-old town of Dickinson boy faces felony charges for allegedly stealing a vehicle that slammed into a car and a pickup truck during a police chase in Shenango Bridge. The Broome County Sheriff's Office on Wednesday afternoon released dash cam video showing the high-speed pursuit of a 2017 Kia Sorento. Sheriff Fred Akshar said the vehicle had been left running and unlocked by a resident on Kirkwood Avenue in Port Dickinson last Friday morning. The car was reported stolen around 8.10 a.m. A few minutes later, a sheriff's deputy spotted the Kia at a stoplight at West Service Road in Shenango Bridge Road. The deputy stopped the car and tried to speak with the driver, but the vehicle sped off. Deputies pursued the Kia for a short time before it smashed into two vehicles at the Matthews Road intersection near the entrance to the Price Chopper supermarket. The investigation indicated the Kia had been traveling 80 to 90 miles per hour before the crash. A 53-year-old man who was driving a car struck by the stolen vehicle was seriously injured. Akshar said he remains hospitalized. The youth who was operating the stolen Kia was treated at a hospital for minor injuries. He has been charged with assault, reckless endangerment, and grand larceny. He was issued an appearance ticket for family court. The New York State Police announced that troopers issued 6,876 tickets during a special stop DWI traffic enforcement period over Super Bowl weekend during the campaign, which started February 9th through the 11th. State police increased patrols and conducted sobriety checkpoints to deter, identify, and arrest impaired drivers. The initiative was funded by the Governor's Traffic Safety Committee and it was also carried out by local law enforcement agencies across the state. During the enforcement period, state troopers arrested 139 people for DWI and investigated 245 crashes, which injured 37 people. New York State Police did not respond to any fatal crashes during the weekend. Last month, Avello Airlines announced a seasonal break for flights from the Greater Binghamton Airport to Orlando, Florida. Flights beginning in April would include the 3rd and 6th, and after that, the only other flights available for the near future from Binghamton to Orlando would include Saturday flights on April 20th and 27th. Avello Airlines noted they would be working with the Greater Binghamton Airport on timing and schedule to return the route for midsummer. The airline has now officially announced that return of flights to Orlando. According to representatives of Avello Airlines, flights can now be booked from Binghamton to Orlando beginning June 6th for travel through Labor Day after taking a break in the month of May. There will be summer scheduled day changes for arrivals and departures from the winter-spring schedule for the Binghamton to Orlando flights. Instead of flights occurring on Wednesdays and Saturdays, flights beginning June 6th through September 2nd will instead occur on Thursdays and Sundays. Departure and return times have also changed for the summer schedule. Nationwide, Avello Airlines flies to 23 states and Puerto Rico. A downtown Binghamton resident has been accused of stealing many valuable items from a Court Street church. Authorities said Randy Ives of Rutherford Street was arrested in connection with a break-in at Holy Trinity Greek Orthodox Church.
He's been charged with third-degree burglary. According to Binghamton Police detectives, the break-in at the church, located at 214 Court Street, was reported last Friday. Police officers determined someone had entered the building through a second-floor window. Several religious articles of high value were taken in the burglary. Detectives executed a search warrant at the suspect's residence, where they believe all the items stolen from the church have been recovered. A member of the Binghamton Church for decades told WNBF News that there appeared to have been little damage at the building aside from a broken window. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. I'm Bob Joseph. You're listening to Binghamton Now, the only program currently available on News Radio WNBF. WNBF's Roger Neal continues to do the work that needs to be done. And Roger joins us now live from a secure location. Good morning. In the bunker in Endicott, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Counting down the days till the availability of donuts. We're now less than six months away <laughs> oh, from fresh, fresh you, donuts. Now, you got me going. You got me <laughs> thinking about those donuts. Oh, man. Now I'm, now I'm supercharged oh, for the yeah. day, ready to roll. Yeah. And, then, and the guy who makes the donuts, I, I know him, and I, I said, what's your motto? He said, I always put a hole in one. I said, well, you ought to golf down at, at Enjoy then. It ties in. What a great promotion. <laughs> they could do that. They could do that down, down at Enjoy. Every time you get a hole in one, we give you uh, a coupon good for half a dozen donuts. There you go. Some restrictions may apply. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, we're right in the middle, not of donut season, but basketball season. And yes. uh, the BU yes. men and women are going to be busy this evening. That's right. Uh, busy weekend coming up, starting off tonight. Uh, the BU men will be at the event center, and they will play UMBC, the Retrievers. The game starts at 6.07. We'll be on the air with our pregame and our conversation with head coach Lavelle Sanders at 5.50, talking about the Bearcats heading into this game. In a scheduling quirk for both the men and women, they've not yet played UMBC, despite finishing over half of their conference schedule. Just the way things worked out with nine teams in the conference, there is a, a buy in uh, each team's schedule. And so uh, the way it has ended up so far, yet to meet UMBC, but that ends tonight. The Bearcats men will be at home. The record for the Bearcats men, 3-7. and seven. They're coming off that tough loss by one point last time out against Bryant. What a game that was at the event center. This is the third of three straight home games for the men. And following tonight's game, they'll hit the road for a contest at NJIT in Newark, New Jersey on Saturday at 3.30. But tonight wraps up the third of three straight at the event center. And again, the tip-off at 6.07 uh, coming up this evening. 
Council have their top gun ready in time with Shittery. Shittery is averaging 14.8 points a game. And UMBC is a team that puts up a ton of points. Matter of fact, they uh, ended up setting a, um, a regular season conference record in conjunction with UAlbany when the two teams combined last week to score a total of over 200 points. So they can run, they can score. The Bearcats' defense certainly will be tested in this one tonight. So 6.07 start time. Meanwhile, the women are on the road. They play at UMBC in Catonsville, Maryland, just outside of Baltimore. That's a 7 o'clock start, and that'll start uh, with coverage at 6.45 on our sister station, KISS 1041. Then coming up this weekend, the women are back home. They will entertain NJIT Saturday at 2, while the men hit the road for a 3.30 game down at NJIT. So the first of two games coming up this weekend for uh, both teams, or this week actually, but today the Bearcats men home 6.07 and the women on the road at 7 down at UMBC. So we're looking for a lot of fans. The place was rocking last game and that tough one-point loss for the BU men. They'll try to get in the W column tonight. One question, it'll be answered at game time. Samir Torrance among the top five assist makers in the nation in Division One. He's been out the last couple of games with a heel injury. Will he play tonight? Well, we won't know till game time, a game time decision. And we'll find out more when we talk with Coach Lavelle Sanders coming up at 5.50 tonight. So Bearcats basketball, we're in the second half of the conference schedule. Every game so important now for seeding purposes, and the Bearcats will put their men's 4-7 and seven record on the line tonight against UMBC. Actually, the women 4-7, and seven, the men up with three wins coming in. So looking forward to it. Hope we'll see a lot of fans on hand. If you can't make it, of course, all kinds of ways to stay tuned with it on WNBF AM and FM and our free mobile app. And you can get it streaming online, WNBF.com or with that app. And I always say just tap the app and you'll be connected. So there we go, Bob. Looking forward to it and can't wait for tip-off time tonight. Sounds like fun. We'll be listening. Hope you have a great evening. And thank you for uh, checking in with us. Thank you. My pleasure. And, uh, and go Bearcats, right? Absolutely. Go Bearcats. Roger Neal live in living color on NBC. Oh, no, I mean uh, NBF. It could be NBC, but we got our application in two hours too late, so NBC was taken. Then we had to look at NBD, NBE. Oh, NBF, that's yours. Thank you. Thank you, licensing officials. Coming up next, we'll be taking phone calls. Have you called your radio show today? 607 772 1290. Bob Joseph on Binghamton Now. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Save in a big way at Galt Chevrolet. Joseph live on WNBF here till noon, taking calls and trying to keep track of what really is happening here 
in America today. Sarah from Port Crane, you're on the air. Good morning, Bob. Listen, just want to talk here today. I turn the news on, and I do it very seldom, but just once in a while, just to see what's going on in the, in the world. And yesterday they had a Super Bowl party, and I didn't catch where it was at, and there was a shooting there. And I'm going, a lot of children are deceased, and prayers go out to those families. And I'm saying, what is wrong with this world? Uh, and it's scary. It's really getting scary. When you can't go to any events because you don't know what can happen. Because all it takes is one individual that's off the rocker. And I'm saying, why are these things happening, Bob? I don't understand it. It's like the enemy's out there at large, and we need to get this under control. Uh, and I, I, my, I have, my thoughts are we got a lot of immigrants coming in in this country. Uh, was allowed by Biden, and I'm not for that. Uh, we have enough people in our country, and we have had for years. Um, and they're bringing crime and violence into our country. And I clearly saw what happened down in New York City here two weeks ago with the officers. And they're flipping the bird and hanging their tongue out, acting like it's just a joke. And they don't, they disrespect. They're not here to bring peace. They're here to bring harm and danger. And I'm talking to some family members of mine, and they're saying, yeah, wait till a few terrorists slip through the wall or come through. And they already have, and they're here. Yeah, and they don't even have to come in through the border. They could, um, I don't know, hijack planes or or whatever. You know, the, the terrorists... If they want to terrorize, they're going to do their dirty deeds regardless. My guess is the people most likely to do the United States the most harm aren't coming over the southern border. So prayers out to all the families. We have children that are that are gone. Where did you hear that? What devastation. Where did you hear that children were killed? It was on the news here see that, Bob. Oh, I, I see a, a story. The last stories I see indicate one person was killed and some children were wounded. I haven't seen any anything to indicate more than one person has died. Okay, well, it's been updated, but anyway. Where? I, Where did you see that more than one person died? What? Who's reporting that? I heard it on the news. I on the news, about 22. So here's where... It, it, it was on our news, on ABC News? Uh, no, I, I can't remember what news. Okay, I'm just saying, I can't, I can't see, uh, on, on my, uh, screen here, I see no, wait, hold on, let me, uh, see the latest report, here's the latest report from Kansas City, and, all right, well, I, I wasn't watching, I guess they did have a news conference, I don't see on my screen here where they, uh, it would, what it says here was one woman is dead and at least 22 others had gunshot wounds. Yeah, and can you imagine this just going to an outdoor event of a Super Bowl? Yeah, I can imagine it. I, I covered uh, a, a shooting. A 20-year-old man was shot in the face near Morabito Stadium last Friday afternoon. Can I imagine it? Yeah. I, I was working here in Binghamton when more than a dozen people, innocent people, were killed on, on Front Street on April 3rd, 2009. So can I imagine it? Yeah, absolutely. Drive-by shootings are from these gangs, the Crips and the Bloods and whatever you want to call them. Some could be, and some are people who are just disenchanted with life. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I appreciate your call. And again, just to uh, clarify, uh, violence is... Always with us. It was before people started um, coming over by the thousands over the southern border. So we'll take a look 
at what's happened in Binghamton over the last decade. Very few, very few of the homicides in Binghamton over the last 10 years have been linked to anybody who was in the country illegally. Morning, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Joe from Wigo. All right, Joe. What's up? Uh, are you aware that citizens of the United States may sponsor individuals from other countries in terms of providing them with a uh, living citizen, living area, food, comfort, what have you? Because if you are, and there are 330 million people in the United States, and there are 10 million visitors from other countries, that's about 3%. Uh, if you consider that there may be two individuals to provide a household, that makes 6% to sponsor. Toss in uh, 4%, which gives you... A, an easy number to work with, which is 10%. Is there 10% of our population who is are compassionate enough to provide individuals with a place to live and a problem? When you, when you talk about compassion in this country, to what level does it actually exist and how much of it is there just as a matter of hypocrisy? All right. Well, hopefully our listeners will uh, hear what you said and uh, open up their homes to uh, those who need a place to stay. They could sponsor uh, a, a person. Maybe they could sponsor a family, and that could address the issue. And then we don't have to hear so much about it in the presidential election. They could rectify it. And I would suggest uh, so many of the Republicans who were opposed to the compromise legislation that couldn't make its way through Congress, I would say they should be among the first to um, fill out the paperwork. Since you didn't want to address the problem until after November, why don't you get the paperwork going? You could probably start the application process online. 607-772-1290. This is Bob Joseph. You're listening to Binghamton Now on 92.1 FM, 12.90 AM, streaming at WNBF.com. WNBF, Good Time Talk Radio. Back to the phones we go. Steve in Binghamton, you're on the air. Hi, Steve. Hello. Yeah, what's going on, Steve? 
Barbara, I'm a little confused about what's going on with the political, the presidential election coming up here in November. Uh, The problem is, if uh, what Democratic person would run for president besides Joe Biden? They have nobody else to run. Yeah, the California governor, Gavin Newsom, he wants to run. he's, He's chomping at the bit. And he wants to run with Gretchen Whitmer. And if they run, they'll win. They'll win by more than one million votes. How do you how, how do you predict that? It's just a prediction. It's not written in stone. This is my opinion. It's like on uh, Fox News. They put on people who give opinions all the time. There's no problem with that. You can give an opinion. You can opine on anything. Nobody's held accountable. I understand. Yeah. So this is my humble opinion. You get Gavin Newsom and Gretchen Whitmer on the ticket, and I predict they're going to win by 2 million votes. That's my latest prediction. Oh, my God. You know what? Gavin Newsom can't even run his state of California. Well, neither could Andrew Cuomo. But that doesn't mean he wouldn't be a good presidential candidate. Uh, no, no. You, you run it how you run your state. Because he don't care. He don't even care about the illegal immigration coming across the country. Do you know how much it's going to cost the taxpayers? It's going to cost the taxpayers billions. Billions and billions. That's right. Maybe trillions. Well, right. Why, Maybe zillions. Why would people vote for them? I don't know. Here's, here's, why, here's why the dynamic ticket of Gavin Newsom and Gretchen Whitmer would win. Because there are far more registered Democrats in America than there are registered Republicans. Oh, that's, that might be true, but you know... Well, it not might be true. You make it sound as though I went out on a limb and told a potential falsehood. No, that's demonstrably true. Look it up. There are a lot more registered Democrats in the USA today than there are registered Republicans. I can't help it. I work on a Republican station. It's not like it's not like it's for lack of trying here at WNBF. Okay, I am a registered Republican, but I don't always vote for Republicans. So. Uh, well, that's okay. So, what's it feel like to be in the minority? I don't care about the minority. I only feel how I how I vote for these political people and how they what they're going to do with the run the country and stuff like that. I don't believe the Democratic Party has anybody to run on that party. And I believe Trump is going to win this. Well, good luck with that. Good luck with that. If this country is going to be run by a guy who wants to be a dictator, good luck with that. No, he's far from a dictator. He loves this country so much that they put this guy to hell with courts and systems. Oh, he loves it. Every time he shows up for a court appearance, you can tell he's loving it. He's lapping this thing, this up. Every, every new legal challenge the kid faces. He, he's the only person I know of who can be charged uh, with things that are just terrible, terrible, terrible things that would uh, knock out a normal politician. And yet he uses it every time. He uses it to raise more money from his loyal supporters. You know what? I believe Trump is going to win because they got people like you thinking the other way. Hey, he might win. He might win. It has nothing to do with how people like me think. First of all, I've got a two-bit radio show in Binghamton. Makes no difference. 
You know, the, the people who matter? Sean Hannity, Mark Levin, Dan Bongino, Bill O'Reilly, Tucker Carlson. Those are the people who matter today in America. It does matter because these people speak the truth. Yeah. So why, why are you upset with me? I, I have a three-hour radio program on a, on a station in Binghamton, New York, that most people on the planet have never heard of. Okay, the reason why I'm a little discouraged about you and the two other callers that are always favoring the Democratic Party, it burns me up every time I listen to it because you're not speaking the truth. Well, don't be burned up. Hey, stay tuned till 12.06. Dan Bongino will clean out the radio tubes. Yeah, but you know what? It just doesn't... These people, like the dumb, some of the far-left Democrat progressive people, it will not sink in the brains. They don't want it to sink in their brains. They're dealing rationally with the, the issues. They're not dealing... They're not living in a, a, a cult of personality, which is what most of America has devolved into, where people focus on... Celebrities like Donald Trump and Taylor Swift. What has, what has Joe Biden done that was so good? What has Donald Trump done that was so good? You know, that, my friend, is the question. It's 1133 at WNBF. Remember, Dan Bongino is on from noon to three. Sean Hannity from three to six. It's all for you here at WNBF. Although, now that I think about it, you won't be able to hear the final moments of Sean Hannity's presentation today because we'll have Binghamton University basketball. But you'll be able to hear most of it live on News Radio WNBF. Hi, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Yeah, this is Vinny from Binghamton, Bob. Oh, hi, Vinny. Did you hear that guy? No. I'm oh, Steve, Steve from Binghamton is very troubled by people like you. Because you oh. think because you think differently than he does. Oh, oh, well, that's that's. He Bob. finds it very, very troubling. Well, you know, Bob, that's that's no surprise. I, I mean, mean he's I entitled would... to the opinion. In fact, I, I, um, I encourage him to keep thinking that way. That's yeah, that's my opinion. Well, if if he wants to think that way, don't don't let me dissuade him. You know, I'd, he, he, what he wants, he, he chastised me and, for some reason, two callers who he didn't actually name, but I, I surmised you might be one of them. And he's uh -huh. upset that the three of us, isn't that, it's like three of us against, I told him the people who really matter in America when it comes to politics, Sean Hannity and Mark Levin and Dan Bongino and Bill O'Reilly and Tucker Carlson, people like that. Janine Pirro, there, I said her name. So those are the people who set political policy in America today because they control the media. And he's upset with me and two of the callers to this program on a little show in upstate New York that most of the world doesn't even know exists. Well, you know, Bob, a lot of people are, are, are late to the game because a lot of people aren't into politics. They kind of know about it, but they can, if you take the alphabet, they probably can go ABC, but the rest of it they don't know. And, and what happens is they get angry when they have no place to go. And then they start calling you names. They start saying this, 
And then when they finally realize that, hey, you know what? I made a mistake. They just turn around, walk away. Nothing happens. And that's what I wanted to call in and talk about is build. I, want, I wanted people to, to, to realize about this because I want to go back to this border talk. And I said this last week that I heard all these people talking about the border, this and that. And then when this bill did not pass, nobody said anything. And I called in. I said, where are you guys? You guys spent over a year. Langford, Republican spender, uh, 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 senator, spent over a year on this. See, guys, you got to understand, there's a difference between bipartisanship and compromise. These bills are about compromise. But it's I said earlier on the program, compromise exactly. is a bad word. Yes. That's even worse than the F-bomb. For, for, yep. for some in the Republican Party or the Trump-Publican Party, whatever they call it now, compromise is, that's, that's about the worst word that you, you could say. Yeah, I'm surprised that they haven't tried to uh, have a petition campaign to uh, make it illegal have the FCC fine radio stations and TV stations every time they use the word compromise. Because yeah. I've used that uh -huh. word now five times today, and I bet if they had their way, the FCC would assess a million-dollar fine every time I say compromise. Yeah, exactly. And, and I, I went on Chris Murphy's uh, website, and in it, this one frustrated Republican that didn't want to be identified, this is what he said. He said, it is remarkable that we were able to change not just policy over the course of negotiations, but the policies of the Democratic base that they accepted border security. And then he went on to say, and here we are, Trump once again snatches defeat from the jaws of victory. Because he's selfish. He selfishly wants to be the guy in, see, this, this is my assessment, and there's no way I can back it up, but it's just my humble opinion that he wants to be the guy who, in uh, February or March of next year, somehow magically waves his magical Trump wand and fixes the problem. Well, that's not going to happen. No, no. You know, this this was the start. This was not going to solve the problem once and for all. This could have been a beginning. But because he was opposed to it, it went down in flames. It was dead on arrival, as as so many Republicans said, because he is in control of the grand old party. Well, I just want to say that's why I, I don't want to hear I don't want to hear any Trump Trump supporters calling here talking about border. You guys had your chance, and you don't even have to know what was in that bill because I guarantee you haven't gone on to see what else was in that bill. I guarantee you, you had you don't have a clue of what else was in that bill, and you guys blew it again. That's why I can't wait for November to hurry up so we can blow get rid of Molinero, get rid of all these guys and all their talk and all their bluster. But I'm gonna tell you something. Trump is going to be your, your guy, and he's going to be coming around. And you're either going to be with me, or I'm going to cut you up, Republicans. Not the Democrats is what you can talk about. And I'm, I guarantee you, watch. You watch. He's going to come around. You're either on my side, or you're no good. All right. I'll be watching. Thank you, Vinny. It's 1140 WNBF Live. I'm Bob Joseph. Feel free to call if you have 
other thoughts. 607-772-1290. The lines are open for everyone on Binghamton Now. Forty-four. The Binghamton Radio Workshop. Valerie from Binghamton. Good morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Bob. Um, I just wanted to share some information that I just acquired from straight from the horse's mouth. About Ted Clark's Busy Market had a delightful cottage cheese brand. I, I think it was Joe from Owego that raved about it. That got my attention. And I just talked to a representative from Ted Clark's Busy Market. And without saying the name brand on on the radio, it rhymes with good. <laughs> That's what I thought it might be. And it, and it begins with HP. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Okay, yeah. I thought because somebody had one time told me, and this is years ago, years ago, I think, before HP bleep got involved with uh, with a local uh, dairy uh, foods operation that uh, that that cottage cheese actually uh, could have been made by a company that rhymes with Ali. So I think it used to be, like, from the Ali Milk Company. Ah, okay. I think. Any, yeah, I okay. Well, I, anyway, I good to, to know. Out. It was bugging me. Oh, so. thank you. Yep, I just wanted to let everybody know that our cottage cheese lovers, like mm. myself. Excellent. Thank you for the good news. Okay, have a great day. You too. 1145 WNBF with the information you crave, especially at lunchtime. Jim in West Endicott, you're on the air. Hey, Bob, thanks for taking my call. I've been listening to opinions and information about, like, um, retention of classified information. I'll try to keep this short, but I work for the government, and when I got my clearance, they actually went back and they talked to the feds, went back and talked to my kindergarten teacher, my neighbors, people at school, everybody. They wanted to find out how many times I was in detention and so on and so forth, but I did get my clearance. I think there's some confusion that some people don't realize that the president of the United States is the number one originating and declassification authority in the country, meaning he can turn around. He can have a box of top secret sap, sap traffic that he hasn't even looked at. He could turn around and there's no formal procedure for this. He could say you're declassified and that's it. There might be a piece of paper that says something that says top secret on top of it. But once he says it's declassified, it's declassified. Now, senators, vice presidents, and secretaries of state do not have that authority. And I think part of the problem we have today, and I listened very carefully to Jim Comey, Comey back in uh, July 2016 when he was reading everything about Hillary, everything. And when he said the word intent, I knew, man, this is political because if you look at 18 U.S.C. 1924, which outlaws a federal crime, what would constitute a federal crime, there's nothing about intent in there whatsoever. Comey actually invented that to give her 
a slide to kind of ease her out of that situation. That was actually a crime. But those were federal crimes, and they turned around and they glossed it over. And now it doesn't surprise me that you have people that are handling traffic this way because it seems like maybe the bar was set really low back in July of 2016. All right. Well, I appreciate the information. Glad you were uh, able to pass uh, muster. I'm, I am somewhat familiar with that process. I have uh, in the past been contacted by people who were being closely scrutinized, and I, I knew I had to tell the truth. And they ultimately got their uh, security clearances. So, because I only hang out with the best people. Thank you, Jim. Uh, Chuck and Vestal, you're on the air. Hi, Bob. How are you doing today? I am well. How are you? Good. I just have two things that I want to say. Is one about these people that are out there killing people, doing this crime stuff. I know people are probably going to hate me for saying this, but. I think the way to take care of it is to, if you're found guilty of killing somebody, then go to a public hanging in front of the courthouse so that their parents or whoever they're related to can watch them. Wait, you're saying, let me see if I understand this correctly. You're suggesting, say, if somebody kills someone in downtown Binghamton on a Friday afternoon and she's convicted of... Killing someone in downtown Binghamton that she should be killed herself at the courthouse on Court Street? Hung. She should be hung at the courthouse on, on Court Street if she's convicted of murder? Yeah. Really? You would do that. You would, you would actually want to see a hanging in downtown Binghamton in front of the courthouse. Yeah, I'd love to see one <laughs> because that might deter these people from going out there and committing the crime in the first place. I doubt it. I doubt it. But I think, in if I'm not mistaken, Jerry Smith would have to confirm this. I think, I think that's happened in Binghamton in the past. Oh, it probably has, but well, way, way but, back, but, but that was, that's before we, we learned that that didn't serve as a deterrent. You could hang lots of people in front of the courthouse. It's not going to mean that there'll be no more homicides. But with their parents or their loved ones watching this, you don't... That, that's sick. It's not their parents' fault. It's not their siblings' fault. If any, if it's going to be, if we're attempting to assess fault, it's society's fault. Well, then why do we have all the mass murders? I mean, it's that's a good question. And, and how come we have so many mass murders in the United States of America when most countries don't have that many mass killings? That's true because they don't have the weapons and stuff. that. Well, we that's right. We have the Second Amendment. Canada doesn't have the Second Amendment. Mexico doesn't. Russia doesn't. North Korea doesn't. We have the Second Amendment. We're America. We're exceptional. Second Amendment don't mean you can go out and kill somebody. I know it doesn't. I've read it. I studied it in school. I know what it says. It says doesn't say anything 
about going out and killing people individually or by the dozen. I get it. I know. I'm saying, so what makes America so exceptional that we have so many mass killings? That might be something worth exploring. Maybe they could study the people responsible for what happened yesterday in Kansas City and find out what led them to astray, led them astray so we could take steps to prevent that sort of thing from happening at the next Super Bowl parade. Matt from Binghamton, you're on the air. Hey, Bob, how are you today? Good. Uh, just real quick for the guy about the classified that worked in the government. The difference between Trump is they tried to get the documents back for him. You can't keep them forever. They're, they go into the archives, even if you've declassified them. But the problem is he claims I just I could just think about it and, I, and they're all declassified. Yet when there's a tape uh, that's going to be used in evidence in that case of him saying to somebody who he was showing classified documents, sounds like in the tape, and saying, I could have declassified this when I, when I was president, but I didn't. He admitted it. So, I mean, so this is the whole deal about this classified thing is Donald Trump was given ample opportunity to turn the documents back over. They said they'd go back into the archives. And he not only did he say he didn't have them, he also had people hiding them, which proves he didn't know he had them. That's exactly right. Yeah. It's pity that the tapes are liable to be used against him. Thank you, Matt. 11.53, WNBF Live, trying to squeeze in a couple of last calls on our Thursday program. Hi, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? I'm Frank from Bington. All right. What's on your mind, Frank? Well, you know where a lot of these problems uh, evaluate from? Is there's no discipline in the homes anymore. You, you can't hurt your child, not hurt them, but discipline them. There's no pledge allegiance to the flag anymore. There's no prayer in schools anymore. There's no more respect for anybody anymore. Values and morals are gone. All right. I appreciate your calling in. IWNBF, what's your opinion? What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Uh, Jim Watkins Glenn. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, what, what, what are your thoughts? Um... What about a, a deterrent that maybe, uh, say you're a pedophile and you tattoo a P on your forehead? Or I believe turkey cuts off fingers. I mean, do you think that would make people think twice about doing stuff or no? Oh, it would. It would. I don't, I don't, see, I don't see that there's uh, a political will to do it. But, yeah, if, if they start chopping off digits, you can bet. You can bet people will think twice. You know, even uh, a thief, maybe a T tattooed on their forehead. Yeah, maybe a journalist, a J. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to see if I could get a laugh out of you. <laughs> Talk show host, a T. There, no, there, no, no, just, just a thought. Well, I mean, you're you're uh, absolutely right. People would think twice. Hey, they would think they would think thrice. If 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 they uh, said if I steal a Kia that somebody is has left running in their driveway, and I steal a Kia that they're going to chop off my right hand or my right foot because I use my right foot for the accelerator during the high speed pursuit, I would definitely think twice. 
Yeah. Or even a raper. Put a tattoo a little R on their forehead. You know, or, you got- or a big. Why, why go small? Big. Okay. All right. So people could see from, you know, at least two blocks away. Yeah, people would think at least twice if if a letter to designate their offense was tattooed permanently on their forehead. Of course, then they'd go to one of those places where you can get tattoos removed and probably pay 50 bucks for whatever the removal procedure is. But that should be against the law, too. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you for some spirited conversation. I'm Bob Joseph. I'll be back tomorrow morning right here on News Radio WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media station.